You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 11th of December, 2014. Ten days away from the uh, winter equinox. I'm sorry, the winter solstice. Uh, just, uh, 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 what's the math on that? Oh wow, I think like 13 days away from Christmas. 14 days? I don't know. <laughs> 14 days away from Christmas, two weeks from now, which means, incidentally, two weeks from now, Dave Davies and I will not be appearing on Webmaster Radio Live because it's Christmas Day. Um, interestingly, Dave Davies isn't appearing on Webmaster Radio Live today either because he's writing a final exam. Dave's getting all educated and stuff. Um, so this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. I'm joined by Christine Schackinger. Yay! Yay, I got it right this time, eh? <laughs> um <laughs> Joined as ever by the extraordinary Christine Schackinger. Um, and we're going to just run through a bunch of fun stuff on uh, that's happened in the news this week. One thing that's really interesting is stuff that's happening at Facebook. But, um, of course, I wouldn't know about it, eh? I've been on a Facebook hiatus. I, something snapped on Monday morning. I have no, I can't even tell you what it is. I don't know what. But something went click in the back of my head and I just couldn't do Facebook anymore. But it's been kind of cool because um, I've had like three days, three consecutive mornings without opening Facebook. Because that's what I would do. Eh? I would sit down in front of my computer with my cup of coffee. I would open Facebook and be immersed from about 7.30 till my, uh, my morning meeting at 9 a.m. starts. And I found I was a very angry, immersive person. <laughs> um, and the last few mornings I haven't been. It's actually been kind of neat. I've been sitting back and reading the search media. It's kind of funny. I went to Facebook to find, originally I would go to Facebook to find stories from Search Engine Land, from Web Pro News, from Search Engine Journal, from uh, uh, business, uh, BusinessInsider.com, from uh, etc. I would go to Facebook 
and get immersed in stuff that made me really angry while looking for stuff that taught me about the industry that I work in and represent. And uh, to my Facebook friends, as you can tell, I'm very much alive and very animated. Um, but I don't feel like an unreasonable facsimile of myself anymore. Um, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Christine, you're one of my major Facebook friends. You and I are talking back and forth and adding posts. And, you know, we're, we're, we're both very active in the same sort of Facebook, uh, Facebook threads. And I'm, uh, it's almost like we're parallel twins on Facebook. I'm sorry to have deserted you, but I got to tell you, it's liberating. <laughs> well, I can understand that. I, I've given thought at times to taking a break due to the vitriol that tends to occur on Facebook um, pages. So, um, although I did have a, a unintended, basically two weeks off for the most part, and uh, yeah. and did find the same things you did, where I found I was less irritated. <laughs> So, but at the same time, I found I was missing some important information. So I'm trying to figure out the balance between the two. Plus, the you know funny cat videos actually do make my day better. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's not the information I'm missing because, as I said earlier, I was actually going to Facebook to find hopefully curated information from you know the Journal and uh, Search Engine Land and Search Engine Watch and uh, 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 Web Pro News and etc. Right? And it's funny because I could actually just go to their websites and look. <laughs> so I find I'm doing that. And my engagement with those websites, it's, I'm obviously I'm not, I'm not measuring it, and I doubt Matt McGee and Matt McGee over at Search Engine Land can actually see my engagement with Search Engine Land. But I assure you, Matt, I'm reading a lot more now, that, now than I was last week, mostly because I'm looking for stuff to read because I don't have – um, the political feeds that I obsessed on coming in through Facebook. Now, I think one of the reasons, I, I, I don't know all the reasons I left Christine, but one of the reasons was I felt that my voice wasn't being effective in that environment. And I know that, uh, I will humbly say, <laughs> I know that there's a lot of people who might argue otherwise. Because <laughs> people seemed to engage with my posts and like them. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I always think you have a lot of very intelligent things to say that I may not have looked at it from that perspective before. So, But a couple of years ago, now when I post to Facebook, when I make a response to an article, I will read the article first and I'll respond. And uh, when I post, I put time into it. I think about it. I think about the words that I'm using. Every word is really important. Um, my writing and my speech are very different because I don't have a back button. In speech, I have the word um. <laughs> it's like that word. But I would put a lot of time into anything I put up on Facebook. And a few years ago, I felt it had a reach that made that time worth it. You know, I'm not looking for, well, I, I suppose if, uh, in the Facebook environment, one is looking for some emotional satisfaction by, you know, either through likes or shares um, or positive responses. But for me, it was the idea of having an amplified message that went out to X number of people. And I got thousands of people who are my Facebook friends and possibly thousands who are following me on Facebook. Um, similarly on, on, on Twitter, though admittedly I don't, I don't check very often. Um, but I'm finding my ideas are reaching fewer and fewer of them. And those who are it, my ideas are reaching tend to be a what feels like a, a more and more closed group. 
And you don't really get outside of that group unless um, you're shared, you're multi-shared by why, why, a wide array of people who might be inside that group of, of people who are, who are seeing your stuff. And I found that really frustrating. And that seems to be amplif- that deamplification seems to be amplifying. Would you agree? Oh, I definitely agree. Um, one we know for pages that you know their organic visibility for anything they consider editorial is going to nothing, actual zero. And um, throughout time of as Facebook goes on and on, they tend to more what they call personalize and filter your feed. Um, to reinforce things that you already look at, which Google does as well. I find that disturbing on both counts. Uh, I go to like learn new things, not to have things reinforced. Um, and then I find that the uh, individual's reach of their posts have also deteriorated um, into where I believe now it's at like 8% of the people that you are friends with uh, see your stuff. And the ironic part of that is some of the people I'm closest to, I never interact with on Facebook or very rarely because we talk in person or we talk on the phone. So Facebook assumes that we don't have a relationship where we'd want to see each other's items. And it's actually the complete opposite. Oh, indeed. They'd be, yeah. um, you'd be very much amused by their silly cat antics, right? <laughs> Definitely. Well, because you have an emotional connection with them. You like seeing happy stuff in their lives that makes you happy. Right, exactly. And I, I found I've even missed very important sad things in their lives that I did not see the post, even though it's somebody that I'm very close to. And, you know, they, of course, post it on Facebook because they're dealing with something personal and they don't have time to tell everybody individually what's going on. Um, so I find that the filtering on Google is for it's the same type of filtering, but it's a little bit for different reasons. I find on Facebook where you have intimate relationships with your audience for the most part. Um, I find it more troubling because there are people that I am very close to or people that from my, you know, other places I've lived that I really want to know what's going on in their life that I never see their stuff. I actually have to go out of my way to look at their page to find it. Now, in many ways, your relationship, and, as, and I, I would suggest mine as well with Facebook, is as a, as a publisher of sorts. Um, I'm not regurgitating a lot of material other people have written. I'm writing my own material or finding stuff of interest out there. And writing my opinion on it, and then posting it into the environment. So, in in a sense, I've become a a a, a, a publisher user of Facebook. And I'd suggest the same is is true of you. But people who aren't who I wouldn't consider publishers on Facebook are also noticing this phenomenon. And as an example, a uh, there's a fellow I work with. He's a local high school teacher. Um, I've worked with him in, uh, in, in, in social and political work in uh, Toronto. He's um, a major um, LGBTQ activist. It's really hard to say that without seeing it in print to make sure you get all the letters right. <laughs> I know. I do that all the time. <laughs> um, he's uh, a, a member of a major federal political party's executive committee. And um, he's also, you know, very, he's the owner of a bookstore in Toronto and um, also very concerned with HIV and AIDS issues, okay? And he wrote, so it's become very clear to me that Facebook algorithms are making it so people don't see certain posts of mine in their feeds. It looks like things that seem to be related to retail slash sales are not showing up in feeds unless I buy an advertisement. It also seems that things related to HIV and AIDS are deprioritized in feeds. 
Does anyone know where I could learn more about faith, faith, Facebook algorithms? And then, and then he wrote as an addendum, for those posts which seem viewed less, they all had a link attached to them. My posts without links seem to be getting seen more in, in feeds. So he's noted that retail and sales, specific issues, and posts with links seem to be deprioritized. What do you think about the, those three factors? Well, I think for sales, it's probably a definite because they've done that to uh, Facebook pages. So I would assume they're probably doing the same in personal because they want you to buy ads. Um, on HIV and AIDS, I know that there has been a long history of Facebook having issues with the um, LGBT community uh, based on not posting things related to that. Um, so that could be part of that. On the links, I'm not so sure about that. Um, it is possible um, because Google would think that it's more personal if you're posting something without a link and less personal if you are. Uh, but I would have to do some testing on that. I don't think I've seen that in my feed. But then again, I wouldn't know that because I don't know what everyone's seen. So. There's not a lot out there yeah. on Facebook algorithms, is there? No, and actually, I, th- I joke with people. We're going to see um, soon FEOs, Facebook Experience Optimizers. <laughs> or- How successful do you think they're going to be, eh? <laughs> well, you know, most of Facebook's um, uh, algorithms and most of their um, attempts at filtering or even their own search are, are fairly poor imitations of others. So I don't know if there's that, it's that complex. I just think it has to be tested to see, um, you know, they're – there, even when they have that search, now the new search is different. I haven't looked at that, but the older search basically is just hitting against some sort of database of information. You can't write your own query. And uh, on this, they may just be something as simple as more than a link or more than a couple links. It's probably not personal, so we're going to devalue its post in your feed. Well, I mean, you, you just you just touched on something else I, I wanted to talk about. Um, Facebook is changing its own internal search algorithm. And it's going to be, um, you know, it says it's going to be making it easier to find posts by topic. You know, it could have been a post that was written in 2007. And as long as, you know, it's on topic and you, you know who, who you think wrote it, it should be able to find it. Um, yeah. What do you think about it? I was thinking about this the other day. Like, what if Facebook becomes a search engine? Oh, my goodness, I have to jump back in the environment whether I like it or not. Can Facebook <laughs> be a search engine? No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone goes to Facebook to search. I think they're trying to make it a closed wall environment where their search would matter in their environment. But am I going to go to Facebook to look up um, the newest CIA issues? No, I just, and I'm not. And I don't know any, I've asked friends and none of them, barely, most of them are just on the most basic of functions, right? They post some events and they talk to some friends and they post some personal stuff. I, I just don't see it becoming a search engine. I know they're putting a lot of money into that. I think it's a really wrong path. I think it's a huge issue we have in tech generally. Everyone wants to be somebody else instead of a better version of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, but I think that with Facebook, like even now that they're trying to close in like publishers, um, you know, when publishers post like ABC news might post to the feed. Uh, they want that to open in mobile only inside their own browser so that they get part of that rev share. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're diminishing the red share of publishers who already have razor thin margins. So I think there's always an undercurrent to every situation. And I think the undercurrent is Facebook is going to create an environment where there's going to be major pushback from people that have a lot of money to develop something else besides Facebook. Okay. Well, 
if, uh, if, if, if I happen to see this high school teacher um, in, the, in the next couple of days, what should I tell him? We're, we're, you know, um, I, I can tell him that we, we, we talked about it a little bit on the show today. Um, but, you know, if he wants to do further research, where, where do you think he ought to look? Oh, that's a hard one, right? Um, no I, way. I, I think Marty of Aimclear is pro- Marty Weintraub is probably one of the best knowledgeable people on that posts about Facebook issues and algorithms. I would also say you can experiment yourself. Um, is he engaging with the other people on his feed? Is he going to their feed and leaving comments? Are they coming to his? Facebook does put some level of um, emphasis on friends that you are actually engaging with, either on private message or in public space. So that would I don't know on the sales that that's going to change because if they've taken private pages to zero if and they determine a um I mean public pages to zero and they determine your private post is probably a sales item they're probably not going to give it any any you know viewership to speak of. So but um I I, th- I do think uh I do think it's a hard thing also because of the area that he's in and I do know that there has been a history of Facebook having issues with that. Okay, well, um, Christmas is coming. Mark Zook is still getting fat. There's a good deal of time, a good two weeks, three weeks, to experiment, to try things out. Um, Like Christine was saying, and I I don't know if this will work for this high school teacher as much because I know that he's trying to reach a a much bigger audience that he he can't possibly engage with in in that way. But um, like Christine was noting, try engaging with people. Try writing back and forth on their posts. Um, I'm going to keep updating people about my staying away from Facebook experiment. Most interesting thing that I think I'm going to discover is how um, is how my own newsfeed changes for lack of attention. I'm not replying to anything. I'm not going to respond unless it's absolutely necessary. And I really don't think there's going to be a lot of the absolutely necessaries. I may come back like before Christmas. I don't know. But right now, I'm happy being away. <laughs> so it'll be neat to see how things change. Um, you know, but Christine, we're, we're a third of the way in on the show, so it's a good time to take a break. I want to come back and talk about um, – well, I want to talk – it's the end of the year. we got to talk about a couple of lists. And Google Play has published a uh, – a pretty cool list of the most used apps in under a number of different uh, different sectors or verticals. Um, I want to come back and talk about that. I want to talk about some stuff that Tim Berners-Lee has said on the right to be forgotten. Um, we got to talk about that really weird bug that that weird three hundred one bug that yeah, those, we uh, do. that was that's pretty cool. So we got pretty cool potential Google bug. Oh, and by the way, I, th- I think it's a feature. I don't think it's a bug. Oh, and I, I think it's a misstep by Google, but I don't think it's a bug either. <laughs> At any rate, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But first, friends, on behalf of Christine Schackinger, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. We've got more great stuff coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. 
When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. InternetMarketingINC.com is one of the fastest-growing full-service digital marketing agencies in the country, specializing in providing results-driven online marketing solutions. Internet Marketing Inc.'s passionate team prides themselves on staying ahead of marketing trends to create and implement campaigns that get more traffic to your website, gain positive brand awareness, and drive conversions. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here at webmasterradio.fm, where you're about to learn that all I want for Christmas is for Frank Watson to read my commercials from now on. That's gravitas. <laughs> oh, seriously, did you hear that last commercial? I did, yeah. I mean, that was great. That was... I, I thought it was the British accent that conveyed gravitas, but I was wrong. It's the Aussie accent that does it. <laughs> Actually, it's the direction of the director that makes it all matter. Oh, is it? Oh, you slowed his voice down and warped it a little bit, didn't you? No, I had to get him to get off the I, I, I kind of like, you know, accent that he has and make it more James Bond-like. <laughs> Did you actually say that to him? Be, hey, 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 Frank, be more like James Bond. Well, no, he's, he's always about what would James Bond do. <laughs> oh man i miss you guys so much um okay so it's uh it's the end of the year we we survived another one uh 2014 is almost in the can we're almost on our way to 2015 by the way here's hoping 2015 is is even more amazing than 2014 has been it's been the year of well, it's hard. It's weird to say because I actually think it's these. How to say this? Entering 2014, Christine. Would you, I don't know if you'd agree or not. I, I'd hope you would, but I think that you know, entering 2014, apps were everything. You know, if you wanted to succeed, you had to have an app. Not so much towards the end of 2014. Yeah, they were predicting that though. Um, in 2013, actually. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um. So. It's 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 almost like there was a, a a bubble in an idea, and then that bubble collapsed when um, you just can't have apps for everything. Really, the web the web is a perfectly functional environment where you know I think people were just trying to oversimplify using apps. People don't want to be in that closed environment as much, but you know apps are still uh, a great way to track what people are interested in. And what people are, are doing with their time. Heaven knows, people are spending more time relating to the internet on mobile devices than they are on desktop devices now. That's just the way it is. But, I mean, given how much data, music, movies, um, <laughs> maps, directions, uh, Uber requests, etc. are conveyed via the web... 
or via apps on the web, via your mobile device, it's, is it any wonder people are spending more time on, on mobile devices now that the web is pretty much ubiquitous everywhere in the everywhere in, in the developed world? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, as I was saying, a good way to trace what folks are into is what were the most downloaded apps from, you know, app, from the Apple uh, iTunes environment or from, uh, from Google Play. So Google has released their most uh, downloaded apps. So by category, education, health and fitness, music, photography, social, entertainment, sports, and travel, in that order. Um, so these are the things that were most interesting to people. There is an app used by school kids called uh, Duolingo. Oh, yeah. It's for uh, learning language. I use that, actually. Number one app downloaded on, uh, on uh, uh, Google Play in, under the education field. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, because it's a good app and it's um, free and you can learn different languages with it. Here's one you, you might miss. What do, you, what do you think the biggest music app was this year? Uh, I would think probably Spotify or Pandora, one of the two. Pandora. Um, what do you think the biggest social media app was? Kind of disappointing. Oh, probably Facebook, just because it has so many users. Yeah, Facebook. The number one was Facebook. Yeah. Although, I'm telling you, my stats tell me that uh, Twitter is driving a lot more traffic. Not that I dislike Facebook or anything. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, no. Actually, it's uh, actually in studies. Uh, Twitter actually is better for ROI. Um, unfortunately, they're looking to become more like Facebook, so they may kill themselves. But <laughs> oh, that's okay. But, Facebook's looking to become more like everybody else. So. <laughs> exactly. Boot, right? <laughs> but okay. They might start filtering feeds on Twitter. So I'm. I don't know if feeds are actively being filtered on Twitter, but I do know that Twitter is adding to feeds. No, they're not now, but they're talking about making it more like Facebook, where they have an algorithm that filters your feed. Oh, boy. Well. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Um, yeah. I can do that perfectly well by unfollowing people. Now that I'm paying a lot more attention to Twitter, sorry, some folks. Um, you guys are bots, so you didn't notice anyway. <laughs> and I use uh, TweetDeck, so you know I have columns set up, so I don't need something like that. Very disappointing. I look at the top downloaded games. Um, by the way, Angry Birds um, stopped existing. Yeah, they stopped putting out new birds, I think. I haven't seen a new one since the, I think it was Space or Star Trek or something. Not even in the top five downloads, according to Google Play. The number one download, of course, is Candy Crush Saga. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I play it. Your, your uh, normal partner... Uh, recommended I try it, and I have to say it is addicting. Though I've never paid for anything. Yes, so. which is why I've, I don't didn't know you've uh, played it because you never invited me to play. Like a whole bunch of other people are, <laughs> some I of think, whom I really respect. Please stop doing it, Burger. It's actually not their fault. That if you if you want to save your levels on Candy Crush, you have to log in with Facebook, and if you log in with Facebook, it automatically sends those out. Yeah, that's on permissions. You know, it can post for you without you knowing it. Yeah. Now, okay, um, a personal admission here. Um, I do a really bad thing, too. I smoke cigarettes, okay? Yeah. Now, smoking cigarettes and playing Candy Crush are exactly as evil as each other. (laughs) No, 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 no. Not even close. (laughs) Um, Now, now, I don't smoke in public places. I don't smoke inside. I only smoke outside and usually alone. (laughs) It's the fate of all smokers these days. 
Um, if every time I lit a cigarette, though, somebody beside me got burned, I think people around me would look at me funny for lighting a cigarette in the first place. I feel the same way about every time you try to save your levels. Like, Andy, crush. <laughs> Stop crushing. It is okay. a fun little game, though, I have to admit. Although yeah. I don't play any of the others, so. Honest to goodness, I've never played Candy Crush. It looks fun. I ride the subway quite frequently, and everybody's playing Candy Crush on the subway. I, I'm re- I was resistant. I was really resistant. I was an anti-crusher until, <laughs> until Dave convinced me I should really try it. <laughs> so. You know, also, Dave, uh, or Jim, I've actually caught you a couple of times smoking. You know, don't know if you've ever heard yourself. <laughs> oh, I don't smoke. I Oh, um, you know. that doesn't count. That's different. Um <laughs> That, I suppose, is technically smoking, but this is Canada. That doesn't count. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Just in case y'all are interested, uh, especially employers, 3.5 billion achievements were unlocked in the handheld environment last year. Employers take note. 3.5 billion achievements of some sort or another were, in, were achieved in the uh, handheld gaming environment this year. <laughs> There's only 350 or so million Americans, but 3.5 billion achievements got unlocked. What does that tell you about productivity? Look over your employees' <laughs> shoulders. They're up to something. Hey, if they get them. a little stress relief, American productivity is up like the most it's ever been, so we're good. <laughs> Did you also notice this Could year we didn't have any more Google games like on the uh, homepage? Mm. Maybe because the the candy crushes of the world taking away people from going to Google and you know cutting down productivity. <laughs> okay, most downloaded movie of the year was, of course, Frozen. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, TV show of the year, Walking Dead. Uh, that very predictable. Not no one's got a problem with that. No. Um, most searched actor on Google Play. Why would you search for an actor on Google Play? Um, probably for movies, most likely. Robin Williams. Yeah, to look for movies is the only reason I've ever done it. Okay, uh, what do we want to go for? You know the fastest growing, growest, fastest growing music genre on uh, uh, on Google Play was this year. It's hard hard to wrap your head around music genre. Mm. So, you know, like rap or pop or right. Uh, yeah, R and B. You know what? What do you think it is? Oh gosh, I have no idea. Soundtracks. Uh, okay, yeah, Movie there's good soundtracks. soundtracks this year. <sighs> Kids, when I was <laughs> we had to curate stuff ourselves, <laughs> um, that's why we were cool. Uh, what else? You, you we could, were. Actually, you know what? The kids today are are infinitely cooler than we were. I gotta say, I gotta say that they're much much kinder and smarter than we were. We had more fun. Yeah, we were pretty sweet in the 80s, though, I think, because we were brought up on all those sappy movies where everything worked out in, like, two hours. (laughs) Well, indeed, uh, although kids today are brought up on webisodes where things work out in 10 minutes. This is true. (laughs) Okay, um, moving right along. Biggest news source of the year, New York Times, followed by TMZ, TMZ, uh, Forbes, The Verge, Huffington Post, Daily Beast, Wall Street Journal, Gizmodo, and Android Central, showing that... um, Tech has a serious left-wing vibe. Good. <laughs> True. Or a serious uh, left-wing bias. Uh, well, this is what they search for. 
So <laughs> un pure and unbiased results coming to you on Webcology. <laughs> You're on webmasterradio.fm. Um, okay. um, the next thing is uh, about books, the most popular books in case people are interested. The Fault in Our Stars, Fifty Shades of Grey, Divergent, Twelve Years a Slave, and Insurgent. And that's it. That's Google's list of the most downloaded stuff. I find this stuff interesting because it shows where consumers are at, what they're yes. thinking about. Yeah, very true. And The Fault in Our Stars is actually quite a good movie. I haven't read the book yet, but it was a very good movie. Um, okay, the last thing i got to break, break out here, and this is one, the one that worries me, is the most read news articles. Number one, 90 teen, 90s teen heartthrobs who've resurfaced on TV from FlavorPill.com. Number two, 50 <laughs> more awesome facts about everything from Mental Floss. Number three, 10 most miserable <laughs> cities in America from Market Watch. Number four, and the only useful one in the entire list, bathroom workbook, how much does a bathroom remodel cost from ours.com. <laughs> and I, 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 I like that. Another quite useful one, the Verge Awards, the best of CES 2014 from theverge.com. These are the most read news articles. Well, 90s I, teen, 1590s teen heartthrobs. who on TV. You know, I think though, I don't necessarily think that that's because there's a whole dumbing down of the universe, although there are cases for that. <laughs> but I, I think more it's just that, you know, and other articles, people have a predefined reason they want to read it, whereas these are just mindless, something that everyone might want to look at. You know, if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, you're going to want to look at who reemerged on TV. <laughs> so I think it's probably more just about the the general lack of um, sides to that type of article, <laughs> right? It's just kind of out there for anybody to share on a mindless moment. Well, if anyone wants to take a look at that list, just to confirm that everything you heard here on Webcology <laughs> was uh, totally unbiased, it was uh, published by Chris Crum in Webro News today. Um, Webronews.com slash Google Play releases its best 24, 2014 lists. There you have it. It's a nice it. infographic. Oh, and uh, just one thing on the the. the, the the lessening of apps. I think it's because everyone thought they should have an app when they necessarily shouldn't because apps aren't websites and they have very predefined meanings and mm -hmm. why you should have one and why you should be using one and they should be very focused. Um, so I think for a while there, people were confusing them as the same thing as a website and decided well, not to put their effort in that. Let's, let's, let, let, let's do some uh, very scientific consumer testing right now. If um, your favorite shop, something that you rely on, Christine, if it published an app, would you use it? Would you download it, do you think? Well, see, apps are apps are meant to be functional, right? Or they add to an experience, like a frozen app will add to the movie. Whereas my United app tells me when my flight's coming in, and I don't necessarily need the website for that. Um, so apps, as long as they're very focused, are helpful. And if they're helpful, then I have them. If they're not helpful, I don't use them. Um, unless there's something just like Candy Crush or something that adds to my life experience. Um, and that's pretty much how apps should be designed towards a narrow focus of a few functions that people generally go to your website for and need quickly. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of, like even like Facebook splitting off Messenger, I have friends that have no technical background whatsoever that don't use Messenger anymore. I have to text them because they uh, removed it from their, from their uh, apps. Well, I didn't remove it. I just never downloaded it. Yeah, I download it sometimes and unload it because I really hate it. Um, it's just sometimes it's just easier to have it there, but you generally I just go to a web browser and use it on my phone. There you go, eh? Yeah, but so, you know, so if it doesn't add function, 
like Messenger, didn't, people didn't think it added anything to their lives to have a separate app for Messenger. Then a lot of people didn't download it. And it has over a million negative reviews at one star. <laughs> wow, that's, that's worse than a Kirk Cameron movie. <laughs> exactly. So. Which I learned about on Facebook, by the way, a completely useless expenditure of time. Um, but it was a good joke. <laughs> I also I learned about the Grumpy Cat movie on there, too. <laughs> She's okay. Like, I wish Dave were here to talk about valuations, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently... She's closing in. Is this, like, do you believe this for real? She's closing in on $100 million because of Grumpy Cat? Well, sure. That makes sense, though. How many times has Grumpy Cat been shared and, you know, put in, uh, you know, put in things that are sold and she gets licensing from all that and a movie that gets licensing from that. And that's probably a big part of it. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah. So actually, that valuation makes a lot more sense to me than like, what was it, $24 billion for Uber or something like that? Forty something, if I remember. Forty billion, yeah, for Uber, like that makes no sense to me. <laughs> okay, so well, I'm I am speechless. Um, I believe that hypertext has added far more to the canon of SEO than Grumpy Cat has added to pretty much anything. And <laughs> she gets nothing for. It. I mean, she gets cat treats and stuff, sure, but that's about, anyway, I've gotten nothing for it. <laughs> I know I'm petting my worthless cat right now too. <laughs> worthless um, in terms of money, I don't mean to me. <laughs> okay, so we we're about five minutes away from uh, from hitting our second break. Um, I'd like to really quickly go over the well, I don't know law of unintended consequences or something. We okay. owe our world to Sir Tim Berners Lee. He kind of invented it. The uh, the idea that you can break – oh, hold it. That was uh, – that was um, Tim Berners-Lee um, invented the World Wide Web. He didn't necessarily invent TCPIP, although he built the web upon TCPIP. Um, Berners-Lee de- made and defined the environment we work in. He's the founder. He made a slight mistake um, in the world of founder by not writing a constitution first. (laughs) And now he has to sort of spring up every once in a while going, yo, that's not what I meant. That's not what the intention was. Right. And this time he sprung up around the, um, the EU right to be forgotten legislation. Now, I don't know if I, I mean this is legislation, but I don't know if it's a, a philosophy or a um, an intellectual movement or an idea. I don't know exactly what to call the right to be forgotten, Christine. Except I, I personally feel it's a mistake, and I'm I'm, I'm pleased that Tim Berners Lee, Sir Tim Berners Lee, uh, would would agree with that. What do you reckon? Is it a is it a philosophy? Um. I think so. I have mixed feelings about it. I think that as we're seeing it implemented, um, right to be forgotten is not necessarily what it sounds like. You know, Google is removing pages, you know, because someone made a comment and wants their comment removed. Um, In that case, you know, that probably shouldn't be removed from the Internet. Um, In other cases, you know, we have a whole generation growing up online 
Um, we didn't have to face that. We didn't make our mistakes in a public forum. So, you know, if you do something silly as a 16-year-old, should it follow you until you're 80? Should you have to change your name? I always joke if I ever do anything wrong, I'm the only me on the Internet, so I'd have to create another me to hide me, right? Because there is no other Christine Schackinger that exists. With a K, there's one with a CH. So I, I find that in extreme cases where you've been – um, let's say wrongfully accused of something or uh, some of those mugshot sites where someone never was convicted, um, mm-hmm. things of those nature. Uh, I can't really argue with the people have a right to have those removed at the same time. If you've done something, should it be removed? I don't think so. If you're of legal age. So I, I know um, I'm being, not being very clear here. Cause it's just, for me, it's not a clear, it's a very gray area. In the 18th century, a uh, English philosopher, Jeremy Bentham, came up with the idea of the panopticon. It was a, a, a prison experiment where instead of having like jail cells like in a dungeon environment where you never see the prisoner, he designed a jail, which most modern jails are, are, are based on now, with a central guard unit that looks out on a on all the cells. The cells are arranged in a ring so that they can be seen by the central guard unit, by the, the guards room, okay? The idea being, if you're being observed, you're going to be better behaved. Sure. It should cut down on violence in prisons and, you know, um, help reform people because they know that they're always under observation. We see how that worked on the violence in prison um, level. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not as well as, as intended. Um, and... The idea of a social panopticon is fairly Orwellian. You know, the, the idea that we're constantly being observed is very Orwellian, but also very much a reality. We already live in that environment where if you're young and you make a mistake and, you know, you're um, 18 years old here in Canada or 20 years old in America and, you're, you know, you're, you're drinking with your buddies and it gets published online and, Suddenly, you don't get the job that you were supposed to, that you wanted to get because you know the boss saw you drinking illegally online and thought, "I'm not hiring that person. They're dumb enough to put that up online." Um, I can see that being a problem for young people, um, and I feel terrible that they can't get away with half the stuff we got away with. Because <laughs> those uh, those backfield beer drinking parties were a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> And, you know, nobody would have a camera. If, if somebody came up with a camera at one of those things when we were kids, um, I don't know about in America, but we weren't so, so nice up in Canada about stuff like that. No, uh-uh. They'd have gotten punched. That would have happened. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the right to be forgotten, I think, should really just be for things that are actually wrong about you or are particularly um, inflammatory from somebody about you that maybe has no basis in truth. I'd have to agree. And Tim Berners-Lee, to, to, to quote um, him at the LeWeb conference in uh, Paris on Wednesday, the right to be forgotten at the moment, it seems to be dangerous. It's appropriate that false information should be deleted. Information that's true, though, is important for reasons of free speech and of history. A better approach to the challenge would be rules that protect people from inappropriate use of older information. For instance, an employer should be prohibited from taking into account a person's juvenile crimes or minor crimes more than 10 years old. Now, that's just about as impossible because you right. honestly can't rule on what goes on in my head. 
Right, exactly. I think that I like I like his concept. I don't necessarily know that the approach would be fun- would be implementable. It reminds me of uh, Eric Schmidt's idea, which I, th- I think you 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 touched on uh, earlier in this in this discussion about uh, young people be- being able to generate a new digital identity when they reach the age of majority. True. When they reach adulthood. And, and and the difference now is the, from 10 years ago, even when we started on our 15 years ago, when we started line or 20 maybe, <laughs> is that, um, you know, back then everything was pretty much a pseudonym. You rarely knew who you were actually talking to. So now there's more on identity and there's been a lot of pushes towards identity online. And so um, we don't have as much of an issue with right to be forgotten because what we put out is generally intentional. Um, but with the younger generations coming up, they're going to be identified by their name in a lot of cases or most when they post. And so then it becomes an, it becomes an issue for them. Well, and, I mean, you know how it is at conferences now, eh, where you actually look around rooms before, um, uh, whatever. Oh yeah. No, I've actually asked somebody with Google glass to please step away from a table. It was making somebody uncomfortable. I was with, we were playing poker and, uh, they didn't want that recorded. And it was just a, it wasn't real poker. It was just, you know, hey, conference poker. But, um, you know, nothing really at stake. But um, they were uncomfortable. And so the person was very nice and they moved back. But um, you wouldn't have to worry about that 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Indeed. Okay, we, we do got to worry about time. We got to take a break yes. and then we're going to have about 10 minutes left. Um, by the way, um, Incisive Media, I will start organizing poker games again for your conferences if you step back from the brink. Um, <laughs> actually, that might, yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. I think I think it was SNX that got tagged with that. So yeah, um, incisive. I'd be happy to do that for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, friends, this is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Christine Schackinger. You were listening for it, weren't you? Um, <laughs> you're listening to Webcology here on Webmaster Radio. And we're coming back. We're going to be discussing a weird way Google seems to be treating 301s and cache pages. Stick around. We'll back half these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. All-inclusive marketing is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in all-inclusive marketing means award-winning leadership, excellence in results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. 
ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 11th of December, 2014. I'm joined by Christine Schackinger. Uh, Dave Davies is off writing an exam at this at this exact hour. So everyone, cross your fingers and your toes. Cross your eyes. Wish great luck to Dave. Okay, Christine, this is a weird one. It's got to take a second to set it up. This comes from a uh, German blog, peakace.de. And this morning they reported, and at Digital Always, we've seen uh, something similar. A weird Google bug. Um, and what, what they're saying is a Google bug, not necessarily, not necessarily a Google bug. Um, and weirdness around Google's cache. In this case, the the web marketing firm peakace.de used to be called ads to people.de. They did a rebrand and they did everything right. They've got a new domain. They launched and they launched a new domain and killed the old, old domain correctly, almost correctly anyway. They did the 301s correctly. You can see um, from the from the um, search metrics graph that they have published that around almost exactly the same days, the old site dies and the new site starts picking up its Google traffic. Everything is going hunky-dory fine. They've done all the right things. But... <laughs> <laughs> Here's where it gets kind of weird. By the way, they're, they're ranking well. They're doing okay. But in the search results themselves, information from their old domain is still showing up in active search results because Google's cache is still referring to the old site, even though if you go to those pages, you're automatically shunted to um, the new domain, and, and they have the site structure. The site structure is the same. The naming conventions are the same. So um, either index page or internal page, you're being 301 to the correct corresponding page on the new domain. But Google will not, Google's cache at any rate, doesn't want to let go of the old domain. So sometimes doing searches that should return results from the new domain Results from the old stuff, the old domains coming up. Weird. Yeah. So I went and did, I went and did some tests on my own. I'm sure, Christine, you, you've you got to run some tests on your own, too. And I confirmed this is happening. It is. And actually, John Mueller confirmed it's the, so I was joking earlier, it's a feature because there are things that should be bugs, but 
the company doesn't fix or doesn't want to fix, and they call them, and then it's just a feature. So John Mueller on that same post. Oh, 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 hold it. We couldn't fix it, so it's a feature. Well, it's sort of – there's some other things, like especially in the world of like cyber security where the bug reporter will put it in and a year will go by and the bug reporter will see it's still there. So then you just call it a feature. So um, in this case, yeah, <laughs> that, that we don't have time to get into that whole area. <laughs> One even involves Google. But, um, but John Mueller wrote on that same site that um, this generally doesn't have any negative effect on your site. I like the word generally. Mm-hmm. If we see you searching specifically for a site, we'll try to show you URLs like that. So um, it appears that they are now bringing back old sites just because someone may look for that URL, which just to me is just but very awkward. My branding has changed. That URL no longer exists. I don't want visitors there. I yeah. never don't want them there. And I've, I've, I've instructed Google not to send them there. Agreed. And, and people have even said that they've tried to completely de-index and it's still they're coming back. And I saw that you posted on um, – on, or Yoast um, posted on uh, Twitter today to John Mew that The Guardian was seeing the same issue. They just did a major uh, relaunch in a, about a year ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing all their stuff um, come back as well. I, to be I honest, I think it points to a bigger issue with Google, and I don't know if it's related to Matt or it's just coincidental, but since Matt has left, I've seen a <laughs> lot of bizarre things, <laughs> and they're not good. <laughs> uh, my, my partner, Alan, and I were going over the same issue with one of our clients in the last couple of weeks um, where a cached page was not – well, we tried to get a cached page to update, Okay. Uh, yeah. for, as a actually we have a number of them in an experiment we were running on on behalf of a client, and it took over a month after substantive change on a page for Google to re-index it and recache the correct new information. Over a month, yeah. We even yeah. flushed that page from the cache to force Google to do it. Ugh. Yeah, they also – I've seen in the cache recently because we have a, a page that keeps getting weird changes to the descriptions um, that uh, when you go to the cached version, it will have a new – like I added a new image. The new image is in the cached version, but the old text is there with a cache date of like two weeks ago. And, and that's right. Now, what I find frustrating about that is you know, sometimes information has to change from a business perspective. You've got, you, you got to be putting up the new information. That's what we wanted. I'm afraid, Christine, we are so close to being out of time. We can't actually dive into this. But there's not – I'm not sure where to dive in because everything is being done right and still Google's doing this. Yeah, I think the problem we have now is Google's doing a lot of things wrong. And they've lost uh, – maybe they saw a figurehead, but they did have somebody who was collectively communicating to the, to the world what they were doing and now they don't. And now they have a lot of weird things showing up. So could be coincidental. But I doubt it. <laughs> but honestly, on the scale of Google, you, you, you're suggesting one person with their ear to the ground can make that kind of difference. Well, I think that one person also had a lot to say of what happened internally. Well, yeah, and, one person with a great deal of knowledge and gravitas with his uh, ear to the ground. Yeah, exactly. So he could communicate back and forth. And in addition, he knows what people are looking for. And he was probably directing changes and telling them what would not be a good idea. And um, I don't think that's occurring anymore. And now we're seeing all these bizarre issues. And this is just one of them. Well, you know, you know, in a parallel universe, 
in a totally parallel universe, evil Matt Cutts said, I'm going away for a while, let's screw with them. And that seems to have, uh, <laughs> that seems to have filtered over into this universe. I think That's my just, theory. I think Matt Cutts, like, for whatever reason, is not there anymore, and Google thinks they can run it without him, and it's not working. And so what Matt's doing is Matt, this is all Matt Cutts' fault, right? Because like what he's doing, he's like, you think you can run it without me? Huh? Well, watch this. <laughs> okay, that's that's very likely not what's happening. No, but I do think it's likely that that hole they have left as a whole, and um, Matt's probably not coming back, and they need to do something about that because they are having significant issues over the last month and a half, two months, and they're becoming more and more odd. So oh, okay, our very final plea on our second last uh, live show before next year, <laughs> Matt, come back, Matt, Shane, Shane, come back, Matt. <laughs> I agree with you. I've even tweeted it. <laughs> okay, on behalf of Christine Schackinger, this is Jim Hedger from DigitalAlwaysMedia.com. You've been listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's been a phenomenal show, Christine. Thank you so much for sitting in on behalf of Dave. Thank you for having me. Friends, uh, it's the 11th of December. You got 14 days to get all that shopping done. Half of it will be done online. Give some love to your local retailers. Drive carefully. We'll talk to you next week.